Hello, Flourish people. It is Ashley Brogan here, and I am so excited to be here today with a special guest, Ashley Schrock. Hello, Ashley. Hello, Ashley. Hello. Welcome. Thanks for having me. Yes. Excited to be here. Uh, Pastor Steve is uh, out of town, so I invited my friend, Ashley. She's also on staff with us at Bethel Cleveland, and she is one of the people who received my many phone calls over the last year of reading through the Bible, where we would talk for hours, probably, about scripture and just ask more and more questions that had no answers. And it was great. It was wonderful. <laughs> so I'm excited to be here because, I mean, this is a culmination of the last year. I know. And we I get know. to talk about our questions. We get to talk about our questions. So we just want to give a disclaimer that neither one of us are uh, theologians. Um, at all. At all. <laughs> not for <laughs> we, a moment. Not, not for now. <laughs> Who knows what may happen down the road. Um, but we both have so many questions and we just want you to listen today with kind of the um, thought that we don't have all the answers, but we might be asking lots of questions that don't have answers as well. And we just want to encourage you to let this stir up some hunger to dive deeper into the word. So let's just jump into it because I think this is one yes. of our favorites together that we've always had lots of questions about and we want to talk about Moses. Yes. My personal favorite, I mm -hmm. think, in, in the scriptures. He's incredible. What incredible. are your thoughts on Moses? My thoughts on Moses? I have way too many thoughts on Moses, <laughs> yeah. I'll be honest. I think we've heard about Moses probably our entire lives if you grew up listening to the Bible. Mm -hmm. But it's interesting when you take the time to read, like we've been reading for the last yes. two years, you start to see things where you go, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> what just happened with Moses? What was that? And I think it's, I don't know, I think it's really interesting, especially, yes. I mean, what are we in, Exodus 30? Yes. I, I found it really curious uh, a number of things where the Lord is giving Moses, hey, these are the things you need to do. Yes. These are like, this is the first time I feel like we're really seeing the Lord give instructions. Yes. Hey, this is how we're going to build the altar. This yeah. is what's going to go on the altar. And you start to wonder, why is he, why is he doing this? Yes. What, what is this I, unto? I think, I think it's so interesting how detailed it is. So detailed. there's something about the details and I don't know what it is. Cause I think sometimes maybe in history, when I've read through this, mm -hmm. you kind of glaze over it. Like, Oh my gosh, there's so many details about yes. the incense and the altar and the tabernacle and mm -hmm. all the rules and all the things. And it can be really easy to just, kind of breeze past it because yeah. it's just details and you kind of think, why do I need to know this? And I'm not sure what the answer is of why we need to know it. I don't know if it was just the Lord wanting to, to kind of set a standard of being able to like be obedient, you know, like sure. I'm asking these things of you and do them. But one of the things I thought was most interesting was the making of the incense, which I think is where we start in Exodus 30 Man, it's very detailed on what kind of incense is to be used at the altar. And then I think, I mean, this is just a brief thing that it says whoever, um, you have to cleanse yourself before mm. you go in yeah. to burn the incense or whatever it is. You have to cleanse yourself before you go in, lest you die. And then it says whoever makes anything like this incense for the altar shall be cut off from his people. Wild. Why? Like, why? 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 <laughs> you know, like, right. I'm not sure I have an answer to it, but I just think it's kind of like, why? What was it about the incense that the Lord was like, you cannot duplicate this? And if you do, you'll be cut off from your people. Sure. 
Which isn't that, is that worse than like death too? Like, yeah, you'll be excommunicated. Whatever yes. copies it, whoever copies it for personal use will be excommunicated. I don't know. I don't know either. <laughs> I don't know. Like, what, maybe that's a part of holiness, right? Yeah, it's totally. Set it's set apart. This that's is really only good. for cleansing. This yeah. is only for holiness. This is, it's like a picture of yes. holiness, which we, now we're jumping forward. <laughs> I'm sorry. This <laughs> is probably going to happen. Though. It's fine. But we talked about this when we talked about, he goes up the mountain, right? Yes. And how long is he up there for? 40 days. 40 days of 40 nights? Yeah. And the Lord gives him these intricate instructions. Yep. Which I, maybe I'm wrong, but I think, is this unto holiness? He's trying yes. to keep his people holy. Yes. And the last time 40 days and 40 nights showed up. It was with Noah. We had Noah. Yeah. Where he was wiping out his creation because yeah. they weren't being holy. Yes. Right? They it were being they wild. Were, they were being a wild group of people. Yeah. And so is this is the Lord going, okay, this time around, yeah. here's how you remain holy. Yeah. I don't know. I think it's important <laughs> to understand holiness too. Like I, we talked about it in last week's podcast as well, but that, um, well, like, what am I trying to say? The thing about holiness is like, I think that we've come to a place in culture where we treat Jesus like, you know, he's our savior and mm -hmm. that's great. But I think we've lost some of the, the value for the holiness. And I think, you're right that maybe there's something about the incense for the altar that that the Lord wanted to keep sacred and yeah. holy. And we have to understand the consequence that comes with not honoring holiness. Totally. Do you know what I mean? Or with not living in holiness, there's consequences to yeah. it. And I think that we're just sometimes so far from it that we've lost sight of what true holiness is. And sure. also like that we're serving the God of the universe who created all things. Like he's not just our buddy buddy that we can like, yeah, slap on the bag and be like, "Hey, pal!" Like that's he's the creator of all things, sure. and he could he he still has value for like holiness, mm -hmm. and and for sacred rituals too. Yeah, which I think is interesting. I don't know where to go with that. Nowhere. We don't have to go anywhere. <laughs> we can just ask these open-ended questions because I'm sure there's people out here that are like, actually, um, I might know the answer. I might know the answer. They, you can let us know but if you But this do. is what stirs up hunger, right? Like, yeah, if we talk I think like so. this, you start to go, okay, this is the God of mystery. Yeah. Well, this I mean, is, every time we would talk about it, too, yeah. I, I always felt this, like, you get excited talking about it, yeah. like, oh, and then what about this? And what about, and yeah. it's just, it It kind of, I find, and I want to encourage anyone listening that if you're reading through the scriptures with us to find people that you can talk to, yeah. and not just in the Facebook group, but people in your life that you can call and be like, can we just discuss this scripture? Because it stirs something, yeah. and it it increases the hunger, and I think that was a big portion of of my extreme hunger for the word was also mm -hmm. having people that I could talk about it with totally. because then it just kind of, Oh, I never thought of scripture this way that sure. you think about it. And, um, and I just think scripture has so many layers to it. Mm -hmm. I, I, I'm just blown away. I sat here this morning weeping, just thinking of all the depth <laughs> to scripture that I just, yeah, it's unbelievable. So let's, let's move on to this like next portion. So Moses goes up to the mountain. This is yes. the first time he goes up to the mountain where the Lord gives him the tablets of stone and I think it's interesting that the tablets of stone, the, the only thing I want to note from this portion was that it said that the finger of God carved the words in the stone. Mm -hmm. Something about that just stood out to me. And I thought, well, what was it like for Moses being there? 
to see that happen. Do you know what I mean? Like, what was yeah. that like? Obviously, we'll never know. Right. But I just, I like to put myself in those situations and just be like, what would it have been like to be there when the hand of God came mm-hmm. down and carved into the stone? It actually reminds right. me of Daniel, yeah. too, when the with the hand writing on the wall. Like, just what was that like? What was... Was it this just giant hand that came down? Right. Was he standing there and then he just moved his hand on? You know, like, I don't know. Is this if, the first time he's seeing <laughs> the hand of God? Like, we know he can't see his face. Yes. Like, can you imagine being a human being and a giant, I don't a giant small, hand. I don't know. Yeah, I know. Like, maybe, but it's, it obviously probably came with a little bit of glory. Yes. It came with a awe and a wonder and a, and a moment of. Yes. Okay, what is going on here? Yeah. This is a this is a mystery. Yeah. And you probably leave very changed when something like that yes. happens. You're like, okay, uh, you've unlocked a new section of God yes. that I've never understood. I think it, I just think it's wild. And it, I actually think reading too, this is the first time that I've noticed that the tablet the tablet thing happened mm-hmm. twice. Oh yeah. Like I don't know. I just always I think I learned about the Ten Commandments and that was it. Mm-hmm. I don't think I realized that it was a twice. Yeah, kind of thing. It happened once where God's hand carved it and then Moses destroys it. And then he goes back up to the mountain. And mm-hmm. this second time, which I thought was interesting, which we'll get to that part later. But the second part I thought was interesting was that the second time Moses carved into the tablets. I'm not sure oh, what yeah. the significance is between those two, but I think with reading scripture and knowing that nothing is accidental and everything is intentional, that it feels like it's interesting the first time that it was God and the second time it was Moses. This is really good. What do you? Well, this is when you say that I when I think about Moses and I think I'm thinking about his journey. Yeah. I wonder how much of this is a picture of us partnering with the Lord. Yes. Moses is a beautiful picture of partnership. I feel like the Lord has given him so many opportunities to trust him. Yeah. Right. Starting with I mean, he grew up as we've already talked about it. He yeah. was an, an Egyptian. Maybe he didn't know the stories of the Lord as well as his yeah. Hebrew parts. Yeah. And he had to build trust with the Lord. Yes. What if the story of Moses, I think if, uh, how I've always pictured it was, oh, these are stories of miracles and yes. signs and wonders, but maybe the Lord was building trust with Moses. Yeah. And what if, what if it's under partnership? So yeah. the first time he writes the tablet, the second time the Lord partners with Moses. And Moses yes. goes, he's almost getting like confidence. Like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to partner with you. Yes. I'll, I'll go ahead and I'll, I'll put some stuff in my own. Yes. You know, like it's a partnership. And I, I wonder how much of the story was, is that? And yes. I, I've not ever thought about it that it's, way. I've never thought of it that way. And I think when I was saying it last night, I'm like, I don't even know. I don't know what I'm trying to say. Right. Like I, I felt like I stumbled upon a revelation. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I don't know where to what to do with this, but I feel like it's two things that stood out to me. Sure. And and then I thought there has to be significance. Yeah. I know there's significance in the number two in yeah. scripture. I forget what it is, but it, they talked about it with Abraham. The Lord says something about the double thing, a uh, double portion yeah, maybe, sure. or we'll something. We'll go right. with that. That sounds good. <laughs> uh, anyways, but I just thought it was interesting that one was the Lord and one was Moses. Yeah. And just that was, I think that's, I just, you know, and to go back, I just thought, what would it have been like to be there and watch the hand of God carve? Like, <laughs> just the right? things these people witness, totally. you know, it's just, wow. I would just love to travel back to this time, I right. think, and see what it was like. Yeah. 
because they just experienced the glory of the Lord. And that's why I struggle to understand why they forgot so quickly. Yes. Let's talk about that. Yes. Let's talk about Okay. So Moses <laughs> yes. goes up. So he goes up to the mountain and he's gone. The first time, it, I don't know that it says how many days he's gone for. It's mm-hmm. the second time he goes up for 40 days yeah. and 40 nights. The first time, maybe it was, but they don't know where he is. Yes. They kind of like, we don't know if we're ever going to see Moses again. Totally. And so then the people start getting afraid or griping and complaining and then Aaron is just like, okay, give me your gold earrings and we'll fashion a gold calf. Which I have a question about that. Yes. Sorry to interrupt. No, it's fine. Okay, they say, he, they bring all their jewelry, they put in the thing, it melts down. Yeah. And a calf appears. Does this thing just like boil up out of? Yeah, I know that. fashioning <laughs> it? Like, that's... That okay. It's the language. <laughs> the language on it is really weird because I saw that that too. It was, it was the first time it says they they put together. It I don't know if it says they fashioned it, but it says that they put it's like a calf, a calf, calf. You know. But then when Moses comes down and Aaron's like, yeah, you know, these people complained, mm-hmm. and so we put the gold in the fire, and then out came a calf. Yeah. But that like that phrasing is kind of weird. Like yeah, strange. It's like did it. Just- like, was it some sort of demonic force or I something that this calf came out? <laughs> right. Like, I don't... Was this normal for was, them? Like, were they... Like, this is just the thing they like, did. They're like, oh, yeah, that just appeared out of nowhere. I don't like, know. Like, very normal Tuesday <laughs> here. <laughs> Which I thought that was so interesting. But it's, what I think is interesting, too, about that portion when mm-hmm. when Moses is gone, that it's like Aaron kind of led the charge. Mm-hmm. Like, Aaron was used in a powerful way in Egypt. The Lord used him to speak for Moses. The Lord used him. Some of the plagues and all that happened came through like the acts of Aaron. And so it's just interesting to me that you witness all of these things. And then I just, what amount of time passed that you seem to forget? And I think, I just think it's very interesting that Aaron was kind of the one that led the charge on it. Yeah, allowed it to happen. Was he stressed because the people seemed troubled and he was afraid they were going to like, I don't know, rebel or something. So he just thought this would appease them or, you know, like, I don't, I I try and put myself in his shoes (laughs) because I'm like, how do you forget? Like, he could have just said, don't you remember this stuff? Totally. But it it just seemed like they, they have short term memory loss. They have short term memory loss. (laughs) And Aaron also, it's from him are, are the Levites. Yeah. Right? Like you would think this you, God who destroys a whole world because yes. of impurity. Well, and he's impurity. like one of the only that are allowed in the in the Holy of Holies. Like yeah. he was forgiven apparently. Apparently. Like, point, it was <laughs> I know. Like, God had chosen him. Which you maybe I don't know if we've gotten to this, but you and I had talked about Moses is up on this mountain and with the Lord and he goes, Hey, your people are getting they're wilding yes, out down they're there. They're getting crazy. You need to get back down there yeah. and check out what's going on. Because he says, I'm gonna give my anger free reign to burst into flames and incinerate them. But what? I'll make a great nation out of you. What translation are you reading? <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Um, I don't know if this is allowed. What translation was that? It was the message. I oh, to all those. I'm like, what translation says incinerate? <laughs> it was good though. It's not wrong. I, it's not any wrong. translation you read. It is was a very a good poetic interpretation of our holy Lord and Savior. <laughs> but yes. you had been talking about yes. Why? Well, like, yeah. So the Lord basically says, "Leave me be. Your mm-hmm. people are being crazy. Leave me be." lest my wrath burn hot against them that I may consume them. Yeah. 
and I'll make you a great nation. So yes. what I read when I see that is the Lord going, leave me be. I'm feeling so enraged. I'm, I just want to, I want to eliminate them, you know, and Moses, and he says, I'll just make you a great nation. Like, mm-hmm. like, forget these people. I'll make you a great nation. And when I read that, I thought Moses could have said, Yes, that sounds great. I don't want to deal with these people anymore. Sounds great. It'll just be me and you, Lord. Like he could have said yes, because you see it and it kind of seems like Moses starts talking the Lord off a ledge, which I know the Lord knows what he's doing. So he knows what, what he's planning and what he's doing and things like that. And I just thought, was this more a test of Moses? Because the Lord gives him a choice basically of, I'll make you a great nation. We'll get rid of these people. But Moses instead stands in defense of the people and he reminds the Lord, he pleads with the Lord, like, why does your wrath burn hot against your people? And he, so he basically says, if you destroy them, then the people in Egypt are going to believe, believe what they said about you, that you were just leading us to the mountains to destroy us. And it's kind of like, so there's that point. Like, Mm -hmm. (laughs) like if you do this, you're going to be proving these people right. And then he also reminds the Lord of the promises he made to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And I just think like, what an incredibly beautiful relationship that Moses has built with the Lord and has established with the Lord that he feels, and it feels reminiscent of Abraham kind of bartering for Sodom and Gomorrah, the righteous people. It feels like that, like he's built this rapport with the Lord that he feels bold enough to kind of, push back totally but in but not in a a dishonoring no disrespectful kind of way he Mm -hmm. kind of says wait 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 like let me i have reasons that i think you shouldn't do this and i just think wow i don't even know what to do with that i just think it's incredibly it's beautiful it really ministers to me and i just think is that for everybody that kind of relationship i wonder is that just these people specifically but like Mm -hmm. that he had enough established with the lord that he felt like he could say wait 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 remember these things yeah i'm gonna remind you of your promises also what a beautiful picture of leadership wow too when i saw that i went oh the lord says to him and uh, forgive me i don't remember what translation (laughs) it's fine but he says hey moses the people you brought out of egypt have made another god claiming it brought them out of egypt now let me alone because we've already said this i'll make you a great nation like he is this another picture of the lord testing moses heart? hey i'll make you a great nation just like you promised abraham i'll make you great i'll make make your descent like until he shifts with abraham into i'm gonna make your descendants great i'm gonna it shifts from a personal individual focus to legacy yeah and is this the lord offering moses a a greater inheritance yes. when he can think of others, when he's looking forward to the future, forward to the gen- like the generations to come. Um, is this a test of also leadership? It's great leadership to go, hey, hey, wait a minute. I know they're wild. Let me go talk to them, right? Please change your mind. You know, When he came down from the mountain and he destroyed the tablets, this is a show of leadership or this, just to show you the kind of person that Moses is. So he comes back, which we can come back to this later. He took a, the calf they made he burned it in the fire, ground it in a powder. He scattered it on the water and made the children of Israel drink it, which if anyone has any insight onto what what in the world happened there, I would love to know because 
I'm not sure the significance of it, and totally. the Bible does not address the significance. Someone of it. posted on the Facebook page. Please we would help love us. <laughs> but but Moses went to the Lord and said, "These people have committed a great sin." Right. So he could have said, "They committed a sin. I'll take you up on your offer. <laughs> like, let's just go. I'll be a great nation. You can destroy them." But he says, "If you'll forgive their sin, please. But if you won't, blot me out of the book which you have wow. written." Like Moses was. I don't even know if this, like, is this a picture of Jesus? Sure. Like, that Moses was willing to take on the consequences of the sin for his people? Totally. Um, I don't, I don't know. I don't, <laughs> I don't know. It's a great question. Like, I just think it's, it's beautiful. an incredible response because <laughs> yeah. I don't know that I would respond that way. No. You know, like, you come down and you're like, these people are crazy and they're doing stupid things yes. and I'm exhausted with them. Yes. But he comes down and he says, forgive them. If you won't forgive mm-hmm. them, then you can take my name out of the book. Like he's totally. willing to sacrifice eternity with for the Lord the for the people. Mm-hmm. And I just think, I just, Moses, his whole journey is beautiful. It's, it, oh, wow. Like I want to be like Moses. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I know we need to be like Jesus, but like I also want to be like, like Moses. Moses. <laughs> like a, like both. Like, a, like we could be like both. We That'd be, be like fine. both. <laughs> Maybe Jesus first, Moses second. Yeah, that 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 would be great. So then we said, um, then it goes on that he um, enters the tabernacle. Yes. That they're building. And the pillar of cloud descended and stood at the door of the tabernacle. Tell us about this, Moses. Tell us about... <laughs> what? I don't know. I... I don't know. I don't know. Like, it's, I can't, like, there's so many I, things that happen in this where you're, you're just, if you take a moment and think. Like, if you just take a moment, and just I think that's moment, important right about reading scripture <laughs> yes. is like, like, sure, you can read it and you can get through it because you want to get through the whole Bible or something and you have this goal. But if you just take scripture and you just think on it, like if you just obviously meditate for a minute and think, and I find it helps me to put myself in that situation. Yeah. You see it massive cloud descend on this tent yeah what in the world all the people saw the pillar saw of it. the cloud standing at the tabernacle door they rose in worship and then each man in his tent door so the lord spoke to moses face to face yeah as a man speaks to his friend now is this after he hides moses in the cleft of the rock this is before this is before and now he's speaking to him face to face i know it's i think that's what's confusing. confusing because we do know that scripture says that knowing scripture not that far from here right the lord says no one can see my face in wild so then i want go ahead you just had this like what if it's because he's in the temple are they in the temple Oh, maybe because he's in the tabernacle in the tabernacle temples (laughs) (laughs) yeah there's there's a tabernacle nothing Yes. Maybe maybe it's because they're in a different place. It's at a holy of holy place. I don't know. Maybe. I also wondered too if it was like I don't know. I mean, maybe what if it was Jesus appearing to him? What if? I mean, I don't know. We 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 do not say this is like biblical fact. Please ask your pastor. Please ask your local pastor. Pastor Steve, Steve Witt will give you his email address he and personal phone number. <laughs> he would love to answer these questions. <laughs> uh, but uh, like, was it maybe that Jesus or, you know, as the Old Testament yeah. refers to as the angel of the Lord right. who speaks as God appeared. But I just I think something about the scripture, the Lord spoke to Moses face to face as a man speaks to his friend. Mm-hmm. Now, Moses goes down in history as a friend of God. Yeah. Right. Like, oh, when I read this. 
and it hit me this last time I read it, I just thought, oh, that that were to be what's said about me. Yeah. Like at the end of my life or throughout, you know, the history of my family moving forward, like is that's that is what I want to be known as. Yeah. I want to be known as Ashley. A friend of Jesus. Yeah. Like, do you know what I mean? Like something yeah. about it. I just thought like that the the Lord spoke to Moses face to face as a man speaks to his friend. And I just. Oh, wow. It's just so beautiful. Right. Like, I uh, I don't even know. I can't. <laughs> Yeah. Um, and I also think it's interesting that Joshua's name kind of keeps popping up here. Mm -hmm. And so, like, when Moses returned to the camp, camp, it says his servant Joshua, a young man, did not depart from the tabernacle. Yeah. So did Joshua see all that Moses was witnessing? I wonder if this was his process. Because right? I think it does reference him <laughs> yeah. going towards the mountain with he Moses. Goes with him. We looked this up. He goes yes, halfway, he goes up, the halfway up the mountain. Or from what some, we could find. From yeah. what we can figure out. And so it's like... Josh was kind of being primed and ready, seeing yes. all this and seeing the faithfulness of the Lord uh -huh. and seeing Moses connect with the Lord. Yes. Like what? It's almost as if this is now the third person we're looking at. Yeah. In a process with the Lord becoming trustworthy. Yeah. Having a friendship with the Lord. Yeah. And I'm starting to realize the process is just as important as the destination. Yes. Right. All of these preparations are just as important as where they're going. Yeah. Because it's making these people a friend of the Lord. Yeah. They're growing in friendship with the Lord. Yes. This, he hasn't been speaking with the Lord face to face from the dawn of time. He now is, he has this opportunity to speak with the Lord face to face. And it's putting this, I don't know, spectacle on the process, the hardships, the sacrifice is yeah. just as important as the promised land that they're going to. Well, know? and like if you want to be known as a friend to the Lord, mm -hmm. then you can look at Moses's life or yes. Abraham's life and you can look at the characteristics of like what what were his responses to things like yeah. when the when hardship came or when the Lord said to do things. Did yeah. he move? Did he right. respond or did he not, you know, like, and you can look at that and then apply those into your life. Like if right. you want to be there, they're just such leading examples of how to have this kind of connection with the Lord. And I just think it's, I, there's just so much you can get from Moses, Moses' so life. Much. And we're at, we're like, we're, <laughs> like over time. we're we have so much, I, we're going to keep going though, because there's so, so much more. Yeah. Um, where. I, I love that the Lord makes this promise to Moses that he says, I know you by name and have also found you have found grace in my sight. Um, and then Moses says, yes. Did you, you want to say something? Sorry, I'm raising, raising my hand. hand. You can't see me. I'm raising my <laughs> hand to say I have a question in class. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I was raising my hand to say we need to get to Moses's face. Before we end the, the shining podcast. face. We oh, it's on my face. list. Okay, great. We're going to get there. I'm too excited. I'm jumping forward. I can skip this part. No, I no. just think basically if you haven't read Exodus uh, 30 through 30, whatever, um, through the end, uh, please, please, please do. It will just, just spend time thinking about it. It'll change your life. So I have written in my notes, Exodus 33, 18, all highlighted portions. This is where Moses asks to see God's glory yeah. because this part, oh, it wrecked me when I read it. Do you have thoughts before? No, no. I mean, I have thoughts, I mean, yeah. but so, so we go into, I'm going to open it up in my Bible app real quick so that we can all, all highlighted portions. Um, so he says to the Lord, bring, um, see, you say to me, bring up these people, but you have not let me know whom you will send with me yet. You have said, I know you by name 
And you've also found grace in my sight. Now, therefore, I pray, if I have found grace in your sight, show me now your way that I may know you and that I may find grace in your sight and consider that this nation is your people. And so the Lord responds with, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. And then after they have a little interaction, he Moses responds with, please show me your glory. He could have said, show me your face, mm-hmm. because, which maybe he does in another translation. He could have said, show me. It's just, it, it's like his response to all of this is, I want to see your glory. Right. And how does he know what then, the glory is? Like, yeah, like, what is that? What it? do you mean? Like, what, what did he think he was going to see? You know, like right. when you ask to see the glory. And so then the Lord says, I will make all my goodness pass bef- before you. yeah it's just really like i this is just what meditating on it has done to my life i'll proclaim the name of the lord before you i'll be gracious to whom i will be gracious i will have compassion on whom i have compassion which i just i'm not sure what how that and what that has like i just don't know what what the importance of that is but man it's really powerful but he said you cannot see my face for no man shall see me and live. And the Lord said, here's a place by me and you'll stand on the rock. So my glory will pass before you in the cleft of the rock and I'll pass by you. And um, I just think, so the Lord promises that you'll see my goodness. Like, what does it look like to see the goodness of the Lord pass by you? Like what Moses has the most kind of, I think, miraculous encounter with the Lord where he gets to see this thing that nobody else has seen and um and then so he also tells him to bring tablets up with him this is when he tells him to bring the tablets up again and lord kind of references like the tablets you broke multiple times like Mm -hmm. (laughs) just remember those you remember those tablets you broke remember those i gave it to you and then you broke them (laughs) why don't you bring more tablets up to the mountain but i think this is the part that stood out to me the most was that when the lord passed before him he did say that he would proclaim the name of the lord yeah and i think it's very interesting the words that the Lord chose to say about himself Hmm. in this moment. Mm -hmm. I don't know what the significance is. I just know that I read it and thought there is significance and these are what he chose to say about himself in this moment. So he said the name of the Lord, I will declare the name of the Lord. So in declaring the name of the Lord, he said, the Lord, the Lord God, merciful Hmm. and gracious, long suffering, abounding in goodness and truth keeping mercy for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin, by no means clearing the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children and the children's children to the third and fourth generation. And I just think this is what he chose to say about himself. He wanted Moses to know that he was abounding in mercy, that he was abounding in goodness and truth, and he forgives people. Yeah. Like, I just, I don't know. Like, what a moment that Moses witnessed. And he was in the cleft of a rock, and the Lord put his hand over. And then once he passed by, he removed his hand so that Moses could see the glory of the Lord. Right. So there's something different between the glory Uh and maybe him speaking face to face with him. There's something in the glory of the Lord. Yes, maybe there is something different. Do we see him rightly? I don't know. Yeah, and maybe, wow. just really but this whole encounter too he comes off the mountain with a glowing face right he encounters the lord 
and he has a, a glowing face. And I have heard, and I think my dad has mentioned before, about how Moses, when he was born, they kind of reference that he was a special baby. And theologians believe that he was born with a glowing face. What? That's something that I've heard. I mean, okay. you guys can research it. Please research I could be wrong. But there's something about that throughout his whole life that he was like marked from the beginning. Okay. To where he came full circle wow. with the glory. What are your thoughts on his face glowing? You have notes. On this particular part, I don't know. I just think, I sit here and I think, oh, to see the glory of the Lord. We ask for it so willingly. Mm -hmm. We sing about it. Show me your glory. Yeah. What a beautiful song. What is, but do we song. know what we're asking for? Like, I do, don't think we do. I don't think we I really don't think have, we have a fully, we don't have a grid for it. No, I, think. I don't think we have to fully understand it. But yeah. I do think that there is a fear of the Lord in partnership with this that we might we might need to have a uh, come to Jesus moment about. Yes. Right? Like there is something about the fear of the Lord where he had to hide Moses in a rock to protect them. To like, because the fear of, there is something connected with the fear of the Lord. Yeah. And his glory. And holiness. And, and maybe just a reminder to us and holiness. Yeah. Maybe there needs to be a little bit of a chiropractic movement in us yes. and our spirits that say, hey, this is serious. Like, like That's we need scary. to know who we're dealing with, <laughs> yes. but also maybe a little scary, maybe a little like scary. maybe just a little bit. Yes. Like our God shows up in a pillar of fire mm -hmm. and a cloud of smoke. Yes. And when he died on the cross, it was thunder and shaking and the sky went dark and yeah. people rose from the dead. And you know what I mean? Like there's. I mean, if you read in Job, I know that's not in our reading, but this whole portion of Job where the Lord comes to him and he says, oh, are you the person who holds back the sea from the shore right. and, you know, tells the sea where to stop. And are you the the person who holds the constellations in the skies? Mm -hmm. And like, there's this whole thing, like we have to have an understanding right. of who we're dealing with yes. and who we, if we truly believe what we believe yes. about the Lord, like he, he set everything in motion Yes, and without him, we don't exist. No, And so with this, there is a fear and trembling or as the passion translation says a holy awe right. that you have to you have to cultivate in your life yeah. of reverence towards the lord yes because he's still holy right he is still the king of the universe right and so and i think like when i when you read the story of moses that's one of the biggest things that i took away from it was this i need to bring my life into alignment with holiness and reverence and the fear of the Lord. Because I think I, even even reading scripture, I've realized that if you're not reading it through the lens, I think of the fear of the Lord, Yes, you're not getting all that you can right. from it. That when you kind of put that lens on and you see the scriptures through the fear, everything stands out to me now when I look at it this way. Like sure. I'm always looking at scripture now through the lens of yeah. my God is so holy. And then I read the scripture and I read Proverbs and it's instructing you on how to live life and right. to live a holy life. Right. And it's like these things about like loving others and having patience with people. And like, it's just, I feel like everything kind of starts falling into place when you kind of have this lens. Does that right. make sense? Oh yeah, totally. I went on a tangent. I'm sorry. No, it's okay. <laughs> I think we have, maybe we've become comfortable. 
Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if that's okay to say, but maybe yeah. maybe there is a little bit of a restructuring that has to happen in order to see the glory of God. Maybe the, what if the Lord doesn't show his glory? I don't know. This might not be theological. Yeah. But what if we don't witness or experience parts of the Lord because our hearts are not fearing the Lord? I don't know. Yeah. Like maybe we are, we've become a little comfortable. Like, yes. please show me your glory. But we really don't know what that means, like what we're asking for. And maybe there is a sense of it where it's like, wow, this could, this could kill me. Like yes. so much so he hid Moses in a rock. The guy yes. that walked, like you see people couldn't him. even go up the mountain. No, if they crossed the boundary line, they died. Yeah. Right. Like there is this, like, like, I just think we don't, we don't get it. We you know, like, it. I think we're like, we're going to go to heaven. It's going to be a big party. We're going to have, yeah. but like, we might spend the first 10,000 years on our faces before the glory of the Lord. I mean, on if you faces. read Revelation at all and had any picture of what heaven's like, sure, it's just like, I just think that we don't, we, we become so comfortable. And yes. I think especially for people like me, I've been a believer my whole life. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I think you just get comfortable with what, what you believe and what you know. And, totally. and I think you start losing this kind of like, you know, when someone newly gives their heart to Jesus and they're on fire and they're yeah. passionate and they're excited. And, and then someone like me who sees that, I'm like, Oh man, like I remember those days. Right. You know, <laughs> it's sure. like, why are those <laughs> days happened? gone? <laughs> yes. You know, like, why is that something I need to be like, like yeah. remember like, Oh, those were the good old days. Or instead it's like, we should all just be living like that. Yeah. Like if we really believe what we believe, I know the Lord's been speaking to us about yeah. evangelism and why evangelism kind of rubs the Christians the wrong way. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Like it sure. seems like I just know when we have people come in to teach about evangelism, it seems to really kind of great people or it seems to totally. kind of um, provoke a response that's right. not necessarily positive from people. Right. I've been a guilty of feeling that too. But mm-hmm. then I sit there and I think, I read scripture, I see the glory of the Lord in all of this yes. stuff. If I really believe what I believe, if I believe that um, if people don't know Jesus, they're going to end up in hell, you, you know, like, shouldn't that provoke a response in us? Totally. Like, we don't want, this is what it's all about. Mm-hmm. It's not about our jobs, which it's good to have jobs. We have to go to work to make money and, yes. you know, to live lives. That's important. But like at the end of the day, everything we do is about the Lord. It's unto the Lord. Everything is the Lord. Right. Like our beings and our existence is all from the Lord. Totally. Everything we do should be from this position of <laughs> we're doing it unto the Lord. Yes. Unto like at the end of the too, day, everything right? is working towards mm-hmm. eternity. Yes. So wouldn't we want to evangelize people right. and like save people from what? Sure. I don't know. Oh well, man, it's I could go like on the, and on. Now we're preaching. Now, <laughs> now we're, we're not preaching. even talking about. Now we're just. Okay, people <laughs> wanted more teaching on the podcast. Here we are. Here it is. <laughs> Once again, please consult your pastor <laughs> on everything we're discussing theological here. Questions. But it's true. The fear of the Lord is it's going to adjust how you see things. Yes, it is going to adjust the things. And I also wonder, is offense or is the things that kind of rub us the wrong way, like evangelism? Is it is that an invitation mm-hmm. into the fear of the Lord? Is it an invitation when you say, I'm not an 
evangelist. I don't do that's for the I, that's evangelists. Not what I do. Yeah. Mind you, the Lord asked you to go into the Mind nations. you all the world. Yes. All the whole world. They said not just here. He said to go out into the whole world, speaking to myself. Speaking de- to ourselves. I have for dealt sure. with this myself. But I often wonder, are those invitations into a better understanding oh, of Oh man, the and the I want to get to one to heaven one day and be like, I responded. I responded to that. Sometimes you know, maybe our offense like, is a doorway. Yeah. Hey, why am I offended? Talk about a one-liner. Right? Like, sometimes <laughs> our offense why is a doorway. Am I offended by this? Maybe it's maybe it's just an open-ended question of, hey Lord, maybe, you know, if you say this in your Bible and my heart's not lining up with Ooh. it. The fear oh, of the Lord is kind of that. like a yeah. I've got like goosebumps. Gonna crack you open. And this is for myself, pure and simple. Because I, I do this in many other I mean, if you think about it, Moses, if we go back to his beginning with the yeah. burning bush and the Lord was like, this is what I want you to do. And his response was, uh-huh. yeah, I'm slow to speak. Hesitation. Hesitation. Excuses. But at the end of the day, uh-huh. he walked through the door. He did. At the end of the day, he responded to the invitation. Right. And I think it's important that the Lord's watching us mm-hmm. to see how we respond. Huh. Wow. Time and time again. Well, well, the Israelites are a picture of that, too. I know we're probably going to try to move on, but the Israelites are a picture of time and time and time and time (laughs) and time and time and time again. Like these people saw the most miraculous signs and wonders, but yet still went. Yeah, "Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. How about a golden calf this time? I I just I remember when Haley Braun was here last year and I was talking to her about this encounter I had with the Lord. And I was like, you know. People are saying they want to hear my testimony about this encounter I've had with the Lord. And I was hesitant. And she looked at me and she was like, in a very loving but correctional way, Mm -hmm. said, you're going to have to share your testimony. You're going to have to share this. And if you don't, the Lord will use someone else. Mic drop. And I was like... For sure. Yeah. Okay. And then I thought, I don't, I want to be used. Yeah. Like, I don't want to have this incredible encounter with the Lord and just like have that, that be it. Like I want, right. I want to respond. Right. I want my life to be a response to the Lord. I want it to, you know, I just, I want to, at the end of the day, be known as a friend of the Lord. Right. And can you be known as a friend of the Lord if you're not responding to things, right. you know, like or looking into your response? Like if, if you are asking <laughs> yeah. me for for help as a friend yeah. and I keep saying no over and over again, are you eventually going to be like, I'm going to find myself another friend? Not calling her again. <laughs> Forget yes. it. I will be calling her for help again because she keeps saying no. You know what I mean? Like, totally. it's just it's like that with the Lord, too. Like at some point, I mean, the Israelites, man, he had an endless grace for the Israelites. Mm-hmm. He put up with so much from them. Yeah. And and I just think I, I just want my life to be marked by my yes. Yes. And not my I'm too afraid because you know what? At the end of the day, when you encounter the Lord, everything he has is greater than anything else that this world has to offer like nothing in this world do i want to get to heaven one day and him be like there were lots of times we could have spent together yeah but you spent ten thousand hours on instagram Mm. (laughs) do you know what i mean it is lenten season it is lenten season (laughs) for sure (laughs) and i did just give up social media um except for the facebook group because i do have to keep engaged (laughs) but but like but that's what that's just one example yeah. you know like i just i had this revelation of like do i want to get to heaven one day and the lord been like we could have done this together sure you oh, know real? he's just got like but a whole you watched movie. all 10 seasons of friends <laughs> <And> here you <laughs> were <laughs> you know 
And here you were, here you were watching this show for the hundredth time, and here you were <laughs> scrolling reels on Instagram for eight hours a day, you know, like. <laughs> well, over here we have. Oh, just kidding. <laughs> I just think while Stephen yeah. gave his life for Jesus, yeah. he was stoned to death, and I just, I thought, we, we don't know, we know. We know nothing of what sacrifice really is. Yeah. And the reality is, is if we really believe who the Lord is, all the sacrifice of the world is worth it right. in comparison to him. Amen. Amen. So let's skip here because we are running out of time. We did take a 10 minute break there. So so we have some time. Oh, okay, left. good. <laughs> I know we're going over, <laughs> but that's okay. Um, because I think it's really important that we jump to Matthew if we can for a minute. This is a big task. And I'm shocked it fell on the week when we um, are not the theologians not here (laughs) but we're going to talk about jesus because i was reading it this morning weeping (laughs) oh about the goodness of the lord but um jesus he it starts out where um they're in the garden of gethsemane and the people come to arrest him and peter cuts off the ear of the centurion or whoever and the lord reveals like this is a I, I could ask the Lord to come and save me, but this is to fulfill the prophecy. And it says that at this point, all of his disciples ran away and abandoned him. Mm-hmm. How did that make Jesus feel? You know, right. I mean, I guess he knew what he was, uh, yeah, what he was doing and what sure. he was getting into. So maybe it wasn't a shock to him at all. But like his closest friends fled gone. and they're just gone. They were gone. They were gone. And so then, and then Peter proceeds to deny Jesus three times. And I think what's interesting about this is not that long ago, Peter was told by Jesus, right. you will deny me three times. He's like, nah. And he's like, no, I <laughs> no would <way>. never. <laughs> me? Me? Absolutely not. That doesn't sound like something I would do. Yeah. And then not that long after he denies Jesus three times. But then it says, after the third time he denied Jesus, then Peter remembered what Jesus said. For sure. What was that, <laughs> what was that like? Like, what's that about? I can relate to that. I just feel I mean, like I know. I go, and I guess I go, oh, shoot. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. It you was did. the rooster crowing that really took him back. I think we all like to major think promises. that we'd be the ones remembering all For of sure. it. But like, we have the full picture of scripture yeah. that, that the disciples didn't have. No. They had the Torah. They did. They had the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. They didn't have the full picture of scripture that we we have the full picture. We have the full. And so we have an understanding. So it's really easy to be like, that's wild that he wouldn't remember. Totally. But then... I, 110%. I just, can you like, imagine can though being Peter and being like, all of a sudden you remember, oh my gosh. Just that stomach feeling, that IBS <laughs> feeling of, oh my goodness. Oh, Jesus was right. I made major promises I did not keep here. Yes. Also, it's interesting, and this is, I, I know, not a huge piece, but I keep thinking about Judas, and we talked about this last year, and I've heard other people speak about this, so this is not all of my own thought, but when they talk about Judas having, uh, prior to being on the Jesus team, which he's a disciple, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay, so before he's a part of this, he is over money mm-hmm. like an accountant we'll say an accountant like he know. is all about the money it is where his heart lies uh-huh. and jesus brings him on his team and says how about you be in charge of finances and i find it fascinating was a test yes that the lord would put the guy who has like heart issues with money over the finances of the ministry yeah and we see 
couple chapters before this, maybe in another book, where the lady spills the perfume, right? Yeah. And, and Judas wonder, gets upset. And does is this Judas's response yeah. to the woman wasting an expensive perfume? Yes. Is it? I think it is, isn't it? I don't Why know. Why did I know that? I, I don't it... know, like, because I think we've talked about this. Yeah. Where I, I think it's fascinating because I thought about Peter when he denies Jesus. Did Jesus put these people in places in his ministry? Yeah. Maybe to test their hearts, to train them to have a process. He trusted them with things that yeah. maybe by our eyesight would yeah. have gone. I'm not putting Judas over the finances. He seems to have, he's a penny pincher. (laughs) He seems to not be very, like he cares about money a lot. And we see it be his downfall, right? Like his offense becomes his downfall. And I see that with Peter too. Like he knew, he knew that these people were going to fail. And he said, come on, join my team. And they end up being, you know, the people that fail the largest when it comes to his crucifixion. I know, and they all denial, ran away. Like, they all were missing. <laughs> yeah. and, uh, but the Lord had to have known. Yeah, he still he chose them and said, come with me, follow me, come join my team. Yeah, I guess the ultimate question is, did Jesus choose Judas knowing that Judas would betray him? Right. Or was that not revealed to Jesus until later down the road at the Last yeah. Supper? Like at the Last Supper, did he have the revelation like right. Judas would betray me? Like, I just... We'll never know. We'll never know. <laughs> we'll but the never depth know. of forgiveness. Man, I tell you. Yeah. It's so true. And then I I think, I, I mean, and I don't know what to do this when Judas kind of, he is, the Passion Translation said he was filled with remorse. Mm-hmm. And so he went and he took the 30 pieces of silver and throws them back and says, I don't want this. This was an innocent man. And they're like, too bad. Like you deal with your own issues. And obviously he goes and he kills himself. But it says in Matthew 27 that this fulfilled the prophecy of yes. Zechariah that they took 30 pieces of silver at the price at which he was valued by the people of Israel, the price of a precious man. Like, and they bought the potter's field, which is what they did. They yes. bought the potter's field. Like they were and told this was prophesied this. back in Zechariah <laughs> yes. as the Lord directed. And I just think like, uh, that's part of the reason I don't understand. Like the Bible's so beautiful in the fact that yeah. there's all these prophecies that Jesus fulfilled that were prophesied long before Jesus was even here. Mm-hmm. And then and then he fulfills all of them. And then you have the teachers of the law who know the word and know the law and know the prophecies and know what to look for. And none of them saw it. None like, of them saw it coming. Like, did it not ring a bell in your mind that when the 30 pieces of silver came back and you bought the potter's field, right. that, oh my gosh, this is just like in Zechariah? Oh gosh we should read our bibles (laughs) like we should i know maybe a lot of life's questions are answered in the bible (laughs) like maybe we need to be that's why we need to have it in our life and i know that when you read it in proverbs and psalms there's just so much about the word of the lord and how it's life it's the bread it's the life to you and like i think you just don't fully understand and you can read through it and just breeze past it and whatever and that's fine and i think it will still have an effect on you even if you're not in depth with it it'll have an effect but the richness and the yes and just the life that is hidden under all these scriptures and how many depths i know i've seen this picture on um in people's teachings where it shows kind of like all these bright lines like a rainbow kind of from the old testament to the new testament mm-hmm. and how many things are connected and prophecies Beautiful. that were fulfilled right. and it's just like it looks like a bunch of just thin lines and there's so many of them and it's like we don't understand the depth no and there's so much here and I'm reading through this now again, and I'm going, I've never seen this before. Right. I know I just read it last year, like, right. but now I'm seeing it for the, it's just, 
there's just so much life and like again as i've said if you truly believe what you believe then why are we not ingesting the word like we should do you know what i mean like why we have his word like when you read scripture there's lots of things in red which means we actually have the words of the lord (laughs) the words of jesus well what does bill johnson say this is the only book you can read with the author yes it was oh, just like so such good. a good quote yes. but it's so beautiful because yeah. it is so intricate it's like a body like our bodies are so intricately creatively and beautifully made and they all work together yeah and it's like a study of it's an anatomy study yes. it's a portion of it where you get to learn how this is connected here this is connected here and how it all works together and you feed yourself with it it's food it's food and it's, it's life changing okay but let's talk for one second okay. about before we wrap up, because I know we've gone over, uh, thank you for sticking with us, if you have. Um, Jesus dying on the cross. Now, if you read in the Passion Translation, I love that they include the Aramaic of what actually Jesus spoke on the cross. Mm-hmm. I wept reading it because I felt like I was obviously reading the words of Jesus. Normally, when you read it in a translation, it'll say, like, into your hands I come in my spirit or whatever he says. And then in in the Passion Translation, they actually have it written in Aramaic, which is just something about it, man. Um, But uh, at the moment when Jesus died, the veil in the Holy of Holies was torn in two from top to bottom. I've learned about the veil and how thick it was and, and how it would have been impossible for man to rip it. And so how it was actually the hand of the Lord that ripped the veil. And what it does is it invites us into the Holy of Holies. It kind of, it, it, it rids us of that um, kind of, you know, of the veil. Yeah. <laughs> um, but the Passion Translation has a known here, which I thought was really fa- fascinating. It says it was obviously the hand of God that tore the veil from top to bottom. In Matthew 26, 56, it was the high priest who tore his clothes in the presence of Jesus. So when Jesus was claiming to be the Messiah, under when they were trying to crucify him and he claimed to be the messiah the high priest tore his veil Mm. i mean tore his clothes in response to the blasphemy that jesus said and so it says now god tears his veil in the presence of the high priest offering the passover blood in the holy of holies wow and i just thought (laughs) how the lord takes everything and redeems everything do you know what i mean he takes this whatever's evil and wrong and he 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 has the opposite that he does like he just shows like you tore your clothes in the midst of jesus when jesus said he was the messiah because you were saying it was blasphemy and here i'm going to show you i'm tearing the veil of where you go to work with my hand with my hand his hand comes back his hand comes back yeah that's right the hand of god Oh, tears wow. the temple. Yes. But then it follows by the earth shook violently. Yes. Let's talk about this. Rocks were violently split apart. Right. Graves were opened. Yes. <laughs> okay. Nobody talks about this. Nobody in talks school. about it in Sunday I've school. I've read this so many times. Never seen this. And then it says the many of the holy ones who had died yes. were brought back to life. Walking so around. when Jesus died, he was and came out of their graves. And after, so they came out of their graves when Jesus died on the cross. Right. After Jesus' resurrection, though, was when they were seen by many people walking in Jerusalem. Come on. Could you imagine no. being the person who lost a loved one? And then Jesus dies on the cross and all of a sudden your loved one's like standing at the door. No, thank you. I don't like I don't know. Did they realize what had happened? No. Like I don't know. Maybe if they believed in Jesus, is this a prophecy? Probably. <laughs> is it 
somewhere in there. Somewhere in there. But seriously, we don't talk about this. Like, but is this, re- is this referencing Ezekiel, the dry bones yes, coming maybe. back to life? Yes. Like Jesus died and the bones came back to life? Sure. That even at his death, the planting of a seed, right? Life is coming forth. It's crazy. It's wild. And it says that um, Roman military officers witnessed what was happening yeah. and said he must be the son of God. Yeah. It doesn't he say the be. Pharisees noticed what was happening. Interesting. Quite interesting, interesting that the Pharisees. That it's the Roman military officers. Yeah. Like they, go, they saw. Oh my gosh. And they went, oh my gosh, this is the son of God. Because of these wild things that are happening. <laughs> it's just. Anyways, no, the Bible. To me too. The Bible has so much depth, as as you can see, that we could talk about this for hours. Right. Thank you to everyone who stuck this out <laughs> and listened to our conversation. This is what our phone calls sound like when we talk about the Bible. It's just lots and lots and lots of questions. Yes. And I just, I'm so happy that people are on this journey with us of reading through the Word. I've noticed a shift, kind of in the we'll say in the spiritual atmosphere um, since we kind of started on this journey of reading through the Bible together. I think when you get a community of believers together to read through the word, I just, I know it's a novel idea. Like, could you imagine? Phone a friend. Just talk about Phone a friend. Call friends. It's weird. Like we get it. It feels Talk to your spouse if you have one. Ask some questions. Ask questions and just even, we don't need answers. I think I find Mm -hmm. myself that if I go down this path of questions and I'm like, oh my gosh, there's no answers. It's like, I don't need to know all the answers No, because my my God is good and I know that he's sovereign and holy and knows all things. So I don't actually need to know all the answers, but man, the wonder and mystery it unlocks in your mind and in your heart and in your soul when you just ask questions. Right. Like, I get so excited about it. Uh-huh. I just, I could talk about it for days. And hunger. I and think hunger. it's going to, I hope it stirs up hunger in our community. Yes. Just an overwhelming hunger of, I have to eat more of this this Bible. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And that is all we have for you today. Thank, Thank you for you. being here. God bless. And we will chat with you next week. See ya. Bye. Bye.